The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Thank you for tuning in. I'm April Wyatt, the founder of Living With Intention, and I'm here to offer you unique approaches to promote your wellness in your professional and personal life. So that way you can move with more ease throughout the day. And today I'm here to talk to you about personal empowerment. And before I introduce my guest, I want to ask you a question. Do you feel as if you're stuck in a rut personally or professionally? That maybe you're going through life without feeling fulfilled in whatever you're doing? Well, you're not alone. So many people feel they experience like a daily grind in their personal or professional life. And maybe you've done some work and have uh, read material about professional development and attended trainings, and maybe that helped you out a little bit. But after a few months, you might have felt that you found yourself back where you started. And that can leave you with a feeling of frustration, because really, you're wanting something more in life, but you don't know where to start. And you see, professional development is great for when you're wanting to make some simple adjustments to developing your skill sets. It's really about focusing on the doing to achieving something. And this is why I'm bringing forward personal empowerment because it's different. It's about you evaluating your wants and your desires in life and applying a modalities that suit you best. And when you're doing it, you're acknowledging your own expansion. And that's what working from the inside out is all about. As you know me, that's what I always say, working from the inside out, because you are the ripple effect. And it starts with you from your thoughts about past, present, and future to your approach to those thoughts, which results in your behaviors and outcomes. So when you build a more supportive foundation through your own personal empowerment, you gain more clarity and confidence in your everyday experiences and in life. And that's what living with intention is all about. No pun intended. So I'm here to offer you new avenues to your own personal empowerment. And for this series, I've invited amazing guests who are experts in their field to engage and inspire you to see past your own limiting beliefs, 
to access your desires and provide you with solid solutions for you to apply in your everyday life. And I want to tell you that the modalities and resources that they share here will change your life as long as you're willing to accept that invitation and make that commitment to yourself. Well, my first guest of my series, I've invited Jen Slagle. I know she's perfect for this series because we share a lot of common interests with mindfulness and wellness. And Jen is here to help you understand why you think and behave the way you do, and most importantly, what you can do about it. And a little about Jen and her history after losing her corporate job due to downsizing, she enrolled in an incredible coaching program that she says truly changed her life. And since then, she's earned her professional coaching certification. And in 2020, she started her own business, Jen Slagle, uh, which has expanded a beyond her expectations. And I know Jen's expansion has a lot to do with her own approach as she truly cares about her clients, as she supports professionals in finding and maintaining meaningful, purposeful, and impactful work. And Jen gives her clients tools and resources to help them shift their mental energy and mindset around their jobs. Again, working from the inside out. Well, please welcome my friend, Jen. Thank you, Jen, for being here today with us. Thank you so much for having me. What an intro. Yes. Well, it's true. I only speak the truth. (laughs) Right, right. I love it. So for those who are not familiar with you, Jen, can you just Mm -hmm. give us a little history about your own personal empowerment, how, especially that shift, right? Losing your job and discovering uh, coaching and how that's helped you and what you've seen for your clients. For sure. You know, I think for me, a lot of it started toward the end of my thirties, right? When I was hitting those forties, the midlife, um, whether it's in your forties or fifties, it doesn't really matter. But for me, that's when it kind of started. And I, I was on my own personal quest while working to just figure out like, why was I kind of unhappy? Why was I not feeling fulfilled? Why, what did I really want to do with my life? Um, You know, I was a stay at home mom for six, seven years and then went back to work and that didn't feel like the best fit. Um, And so it was just like finding what worked for me in those, in that time frame was really what I was, I was seeking joy. I was seeking happiness and I knew somebody had the answer for me. And so whether I was reading a book or joining programs or whatever, I was just immersed in it and everything that just kept showing up, kept teaching me something. And eventually, you know, I landed a job that was very fulfilling, very enjoyable And I walked into a clothesline one day and was like, we're, unless you can move to another state, we're taking this, we're taking this job away from you. Um, And actually they, I should reverse that. They did not say, unless you went to this other state, they were moving our particular division to another state. And so then therefore they were creating a new environment for the team. And I was not being asked to move to that other state, which I wasn't going to do anyway. So it was kind of like, okay, wait a minute. 
I was just really, in, I was engaged and energetic and enjoying this job. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, I'm back to where I was five years ago. I'm right back there. It's like, oh, of course this happened to me, right? So that job was like an eight month exit because they needed us for a while. So in that eight months, I was trying to find a new job, yet I was also trying to figure out, do I really want to go back to work? Like, what do I want to do? And coaching kind of kept coming up. The first thing that came up was therapy. And I was going to go back and become a therapist. Um, Because I just, you know, I'm very big into the Enneagram and my personality type is the helper. And Mm. so I knew I wanted to help people instead of helping a company's bottom line. Like I knew I needed to have that humanitarian connection with a soul as opposed to connection with a dollar. It just wasn't motivating me. So therapy, becoming a therapist looked like a fun idea until I, I saw the price tag and I saw the number of years that I would have to take to go back to school and it just wasn't a great fit. So after talking to some therapists, after kind of digging into things, everybody's like, go become a life coach. And I was just like, what the heck is a life coach? I didn't even know it existed. But once I looked into it, it was like this puzzle was just being put together right in front of me, just perfectly timing resources, like every single piece was like, I literally signed up on a Thursday and left Friday morning for the training in Minneapolis. It was like, I could drive to this training. I had nothing that whole weekend. It was just, everything was lining up. So I said yes and went into life coaching school. Ah, I so love that you said yes. Yeah. You know, that's, that's the big thing. And especially when you talked in the beginning about your curiosity, right? Mm -hmm. And you're seeking joy and happiness, you know, when we're seeking and we're looking for those different uh, things that make us feel good, right? Then we'll be more open to opportunities and willing to say yes. Yeah, it's definitely something that, you know, all of that learning that did up until that point was teaching me was to just embrace saying, potentially saying yes, instead of saying no, just being open um, to new learnings, open to new ways of being open to new thoughts and things just started to feel good. And instead of questioning whether or not I, it made sense rationally, you know, sometime, I mean, I remember when I even first started doing Reiki with you and like sound healing, I'm like, none of this makes any sense, but gosh, I feel so much better. And it's like, that's when you just kind of learn to like, you know what? I don't need to read into this. I feel better. Why do I need to read into this and have it make so much sense? Maybe, maybe the outcome is actually that it doesn't make sense, but that I feel okay with that. And so I just was embodying a new philosophy in my life of just like, sure, let's try it. Let's see what happens. Let's, let's just knock out, you know, check it out. Why not? Exactly. And isn't that what expansion is all about? It is. And I am constantly like, I feel like if you had to say like, what's my number one thing I do with my clients is I'm giving them permission to just say yes, or just to stay curious or permission to feel a hurt. They feel that they don't feel like they should feel or a pain. Um, A lot of times as women and as mothers and as corporate people, as, you know, corporate working professionals, we're, we're put into a space where we're told one thing and yet we're feeling like it just doesn't connect. And so there is an element of just hitting the pause button and having someone go, well, tell me more about that. Why do you think that? Why are you, why is doing that weird? Why is that unconventional? Why, why is that wrong? You know, quote unquote wrong. 
Like what made you think that? And those limiting beliefs that we have, I, I, the way I talk about it, I'm, I'm very big at analogies. I'm a very visual learner. So I'm a very visual teacher. And I always tell people, it's like, we've walked around life with this bag on our back. That's just full of all of these experiences and teachings and learnings, everything from birth, right? I mean, everything our parents said, our grandparents said, the teachers said, those bullies in school said, the everything that has happened in our life is still with us. And so much of it, we haven't processed through and we're just putting a cloud up on it. And we don't need to process everything, but there is a, a space where we get to kind of question some of those things, you know, an easy one, which is kind of simple and painless. I always say like, you know, my dad used to say, well, you're not, you're not on time unless you're 15 minutes early. So I was early everywhere and I'm, I'm still punctual, but I hate being 15 minutes early. Like I don't like, that's too much for me. Right. But so it was just like, I just was always doing it because that's what I thought the norm was. And it's once you start to go like, okay, well, what do I like? What do I feel? Mm-hmm. Do I really feel like we need to be 15 minutes early? That seems too much. It's empowering to be asked the question of like, well, what do you really think? Yes. Another yes. one that might be relatable that I think was also pretty life-changing, which is just kind of hysterical to say it out loud now that I'm saying it to you. But uh, so my given name was Jennifer. Growing up until I went to college, everybody called me Jenny. Then when I went to college and I was in the days of the bubble sheets, no technology when I was in school. So we had to write everything out, right? So everybody wanted you to write out your full name. So I wrote Jennifer. So then in college, I become Jennifer. Well, then a lot of my friends start calling me Jen. And I was like, oh, I kind of like Jen. Nobody was calling me Jenny except for my family. I rem- I will never forget. It was probably at least 15 years ago. I walked into a therapy session and my therapist was like, so do you go by Jen, Jenny, or Jennifer? And I was like, whatever you want to say. It doesn't bother me. <laughs> and she's like, oh, no, you get to choose. What do you, who do you want to be? And I was like, Wow. I've never thought of it that way. And it's so simple, but we don't, we just like, oh, whatever you want to call me, wherever you want to take me to eat, whatever, whatever you think I would like, I'll do. Empowerment comes when somebody stops you and says, no, you have a decision. You have a choice. You have an opinion. What do you think? Yes, I believe that solely. Um, And it's so true. We don't understand that we are giving our power away when we're allowing other people to categorize us or label us or fit us in to their schemas. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they think Jenny sounds too young. So they don't think you should be called Jenny or, you know, whatever there. It's just like, no, what do you want? You know, I of course chose Jen because I was like, well, that's fast, easy, and quick. And right then it just felt powerful. So I picked Jen and I've never, I've never looked back and I really respond to everything. People still call my, all my family still calls me Jenny and I'm totally fine with that. Yes. And you said something that's really important and it was, you know, it's an empowering when somebody asks you, you know, what do you think? What do you want? Mm-hmm. You know, can you break that down a little bit more with when you're working with your clients and helping them to unpack those yeah. times where, as you said in the very beginning, uh, about 
the feelings, right? Yeah. So I'm yeah. switching it on you. Sorry about that. No, 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 so, no. I like the switch. I like it. So, so switch it to when people are feeling that resistance within themselves in the workplace and um, how you're helping them to work through that, to acknowledge the emotions so that that empowers them more. Yeah. Do you know what happens with a lot of us? Um, We suppress our emotions. We suppress our feelings. And we're really good at saying, I'm overwhelmed. We're really good at saying, I'm tired. We're really good at saying, I'm frustrated. What happens when we go layers deeper and when we actually name, why am I feeling overwhelmed? I'm feeling overwhelmed because I'm actually like embarrassed that nobody is noticing my contributions on this team. I'm really feeling overwhelmed. Like you could, you, once you get deeper and you name, you get a little bit more specific in the feeling, then you get more connected back to what you really true do feel. And so many of us, specifically my clients that I, I talk to where we are on the, the treadmill of life and we're going and going and going and nobody's asking us how we feel. You know, we're busy asking everybody else how they feel. Nobody's asking us how we feel. And, and there is a lot of suppressed energy when we don't allow our emotions to come out, when we don't allow our emotions to be named or felt and emotions for me are feelings, the same kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I, my, part of my coach training, um, my program that I went into, we, that we were taught to coach into energy. So when I get on the phone call with a client and I can tell their energy is low because of something that's going on in their space, we get to talk about that because they're not going to be able to come over here and talk about something else until they resolve this stuck energy over here, right? Stuck energy, a lot of times happens for a lot of my clients because they're not allowing themselves to be totally and completely mad about that meeting that just happened or totally irritated because somebody isn't utilizing their skills or they're bringing on another person and they're losing their job. Like whatever it is, they're just like, it's fine. It was meant to be, it's okay. And they're just compacting it down and they're not allowing themselves to really feel it. When we can get through those feelings, when we can name them, we have we, we change. There's, there's things that shift inside of us because we're allowing those to be an is right. And I like to think of it as there's a saying that I learned um, one time called be, do, have, and be, do, have says, well, most of us believe the phrases have, do, be, or um, do, have be. We always put be at the end. Once I have a great job, do great things, I'm going to be happy. Once I have a great spouse and he does all these amazing things, I'm going to be happy. Once I have a good boss, once I do amazing work and have a better boss that's more supportive, I'm going to be happy. The phrase is actually be, do have. So it allows us, so all of the work I do, and, and you even alluded to it in the beginning, is our being. Our being is knowing who we are. It's opening up our core. It's opening up our soul in a way that we're still protecting ourselves, but we know who we are. And at the end of the day, we can see why there's a disconnect of why I don't like this job, why I'm not connected to this company, why I'm not feeling fulfilled at work, why I'm not feeling fulfilled in my marriage, why I'm not feeling fulfilled in my friendships. 
any of it. It's all connected. But if we can pause long enough to really connect to our being, and for me, being what I do with my clients to help them understand their being is I take them through my assessment to understand their energy levels, right? Helping them really see how am I showing up energetically on a good day and when I'm under stress. Mm. It's data. And I, I, you know, as much as I'm, I talk to people about feelings, I'm still a person who says we need data. We need data about ourselves because otherwise we are just thinking about it. Well, I think I feel this. Mm -hmm. I that's happening. I think I feel that. But if we have data that supports it and says, Hey, your vibration, your energetic vibration is really low under normal situations. And we know that because energy speaks louder than words. So we know those people at the grocery store that are sad when we go through their line. And we know the person who is just so joyful and happy that we're going through their line, right? Their energetic thermostats are very different. We have one too. We all do. And so helping people get into their mindset, understand their energy, understand their values. What do I really value in life? And those change. Those, yes. you know, I mean, I don't know about you since your child has gone too. It's like, I think our values when before we're married are one, you know, when we're in a relationship and we have children, that's one kind of becoming empty nest. Like everything shifts, right? So knowing your values is also really important. And then just really knowing what you're motivated by. What motivates me? Who am I? How, how does my heart perceive life? How does my, how am, what am I thinking? I'm a big Enneagram fan. I don't know if you're familiar with the Enneagram, but a little, yes. Yeah. I definitely work with the Enneagram with my clients because it is just, it's powerful. It's powerful and empowering. So can you just break it down in a nutshell for us, the the Enneagram? So the Enneagram is, there's nine numbers. Um, I'm actually getting certified in it here in a couple of weeks. And one of the particular programs that I've, yeah, I've been, I've kind of been pulling pieces of like three different learnings, if you will, from the Enneagram and they're working for me, but I really want to get into this one that I think is going to just like kind of put the icing on the cake for me of, of development, but there's nine different numbers and if you break nine by three, there's three different categories. So there's a number that you lean into when you're thinking. So when we're in our head and we're thinking and thinking and thinking, there's a number we're leaning into that we are probably being driven by, being motivated by. Uh, Then there's a number that when we tap down and go down into our heart, there's a number that we're feeling. So I might be thinking I need to be perfect and I'm feeling I need to help everybody. Um, And then we go into our gut, which is like our intuition. And then there's another number. So my gut's pulling me one way, my head's pulling me one way, and my heart is saying, do this. And they're all working at the same time together. And how do you know which way to go? How do you know what to do? And, And the Enneagram, from what I've learned, and again, I'm not certified yet, but from what I've understood is the Enneagram number is really something that we were born with. It's a very, you shift a little bit, but you kind of have a dominant number type that you are really... It's part of your existence, part of who you are and how you were created. So when I learned my Enneagram type is two, which is the helper, the helper says, I want you to be happy and I want to be the reason. Mm. So I'm super motivated to help other people because when I help them and then at the end of the call, they say, thank you, or or I can just, I don't even have, they don't even have to acknowledge it. I mean, I can feel it. They're mm-hmm. shifting them. I'm just so like, yes, this is fulfilling. I have energy. I have calls all day like this and I don't get drained. 
I, I work, you know, I don't have, I'm never exhausted from my work. I never, it, it's like, it's easy. It becomes easy because I'm just using natural talents and natural gifts that are in me to do my work. Yes. And what's important as I'm listening to you, Jen, is that you're using your intuition and you're not thinking that you have to fix them. It sounds sure. like you're just using those numbers as guides for them. So that yeah. way they have the choice and that's really empowering too. One of the beautiful things about being a coach is that like, I don't have any answers for anyone. I just have a lot of questions and I don't give advice. I don't, I, I, my style is very connected. And so I tend to give, because I work with this kind of a solid group of, of people, I kind of know it really well. I'm also part of that, my niche group that I work with. So I frequently will tell them things that worked for other people or suggestions, or I'm always giving those kind of things to just consider, right? But I'm also always telling them, you have all the answers in you. And I love it when people ask me a question, Jen, what do you think? And I will always hands down turn around and go, oh my gosh, let's pause for a second. Close your eyes, go into your gut. What's it saying? It's talking to you. And, and, and so many of us think our gut is talking to us and it's fake or it's not real or it's made up. And it's like, oh, no, that's that's the truth. Your gut's giving you an answer. You're choosing whether or not you want to listen to it. Right. And so people sure. always have their own answers. And I think sometimes they just need somebody to say, hey, that's a good answer. Maybe you should just maybe that's enough. Maybe there's no reason to keep uh, thinking this. way. <laughs> Exactly. Because we overthink and then we think, well, if we do that, then, and then the mind takes us on that journey of all the things. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I do have a question for you. And that is what if, what about people who are so, and this is just me working also with my own intuition as we're talking, they're just so focused on the doing that they, they, as long as they do this, and they'll achieve this over here. And I find those people, they're not willing to go in their bodies. They're not listening to their bodies. Maybe their bodies in the past haven't been a safe space. Maybe they've experienced some trauma there. So Mm -hmm. how do you work with individuals who are disassociated basically and think it's yeah. everything's outside themselves. That's what's giving them all the information they need instead of turning inward. How do you work with people that have experienced trauma that it's challenging for them to work and listen, pause yeah. into their bodies? There's a, there's a fine line between coaching and therapy. I know exactly where I start, 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 start and where I stop. Um, I do not touch any type of, you know, trauma work or anything that is hundred percent for a therapist. And if we get to that space, you know, I will definitely suggest to the client to maybe work with a therapist or, or reach out or whatever. But I think helping them see that disconnect that you just described, you know, change happens. Step one of change is awareness. So if they want to make change in their life, they have to just become aware. And by you saying, hey, I'm noticing, this is what I'm noticing, this is what I'm feeling, is you're disconnected here. 
And this might be something you want to consider looking into, thinking about, trying to open up to, you know, how do you feel about that? What do you think would work for that? Just, and then sometime, you know, in coaching, we like to say like, I, I want clients that are ready and willing to be a student. Mm. If they're not ready and willing to be a student, I don't really want them to invest with me because I don't want them to waste their money. Cause if you're not ready to learn and ready to change and be open to it, that's okay. There's no judgment there, but I think there's some space where you need to figure out for yourself where, why you're feeling that because there's something that's not in your mind, allowing yourself to see it the other, you know, see it in a way that is empowering. So I'm always, you know, when I meet with potential clients, part of my practice is making sure they're ready to be a student. Cause if they're not, I'm going to share that with them. So for those who are curious, like what are those key questions or points that they can ask themselves to see if they're ready to start um, with their personal empowerment with you? Well, I think, you know, when you share with them some feedback you know, and having them really kind of understand how it feels if they're open to it or if they're resistant to it. I don't know that there's like specific questions to see if people are ready. Again, I would say, what's your gut telling you? You know, what's your, what's (laughs) your, is your, is your intuition screaming? Wow. This, what she's saying is landing. I mean, frequently when I get on the calls with clients, they'll be like, gosh, are you in my head? Like you're saying things that are in my head. Yeah. And it's like, notice that 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 tells you something that's not me just showing up here and randomly got on this call with you you are telling the universe this is what you're looking for this is what you need you found it and now you're hearing it right so i'm a big believer in like the universe has your back like we are the right things are coming to you when you need them and want them if you're putting it out there and you're ready to listen right and if you're not there's nothing wrong there. I would say, just go back and just dig into why, why, what are you scared of? What are you worried is going to happen if you open this up? And you know, what are those, what is the, when you're working with people, what are you noticing? Like the main fears that they do hold about, um, you know, becoming more empowered. What it, what are those common fears that tend to come up? The number one common fear with my clients is definitely imposter syndrome. Mm. So they're feeling like, oh my gosh, somebody's going to find out that I actually don't know what I'm doing. I got put into this job. I'm making too much money and they're going to find out that I'm a fake or I'm a, I'm a fluke or, you know, that, that, that's a common imposter syndrome conversation I have. Um, Or. I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I'm good enough to be able to be, to do that job. I don't think oh, I have the worthiness. Enough. The worthiness is huge. Yeah. 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 Um, those are probably the biggest ones. I mean, conf- and confidence comes as a result of that, right? So, I mean, confidence is always what you might say and what you might feel because then you're like, Ooh, and I, and I tell everybody like confidence happens when you know yourself, when you know yourself really, really well, <laughs> you just you aren't cocky you're just like this is me and I'm sorry I don't know the answer to that like I am so not afraid to ever say I don't know that answer my son asked me a question the other day it was something about history I 
I'm like, I don't know. He's like, well, how can you not know that? I'm like, because I know a whole bunch of stuff over here about other things. And, and I'm okay with that. Like, if I need to know that answer, I'll Google it or I'll ask you or like, I just don't, I'm okay with that. Instead of like, oh, I should know that. That's part of the history of the United States. And like, I, you know what? It's not, that's just not what my memory is soaking in and it's okay. Right. And we have so many examples of that, of just various areas of life where we just know self, know what you like, know who you are. Mm -hmm. And then allow the other people to do that too, right? Ah, allow other that people again. to be them. Yeah, I, that's all about like uh, flexing. I call that leadership flexing. So if you're a supporter, or if you're a promoter, or you're a driver, or you're a controller, right? Those are like the four different quadrants. And everybody calls them something different depending on what assessment you do. But if I'm an over supporter, and I'm not the analytical person, how do I flex and work with the analytical person in a polite way? She needs me to be where I'm at supporting and I need her because she's giving me the analytical thinking that I'm just not wanting to take the time to do, right? Or the driver, the person over here who says, well, we got to get this done. We got to do this, right? I also need them. So the, the, the key is to find the middle and flex, not they come all the way up to you or you go all the way down to them. It's how do we meet in the middle and say, hey, I've got this personality. You've got this. Let's work together as a team. I think the best way example of that is I always think about like the the Today shows or the 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 sitcom, the Friends even did it. Like, there's always someone of every personality type on those shows mm. because they want you to see all the different personality types working together. Offices, you don't want to work with a whole bunch of people who are drivers. You don't want to work with a whole bunch of people that are promoters, right? You need a mix of the of the the sauce and then those people all come together and they all bring their thoughts and now when we listen and we don't go oh they don't like what I'm saying, my ego has been hurt. They think something else and so we're like, okay, yeah, they heard me and or they didn't. But okay, yeah, that's the there's many paths up the mountain here, right? It's less worrying about whether or not they heard or saw me and more about, did we get the right answer to the problem? Yes. Maybe, most maybe, definitely. I, don't, maybe I don't have the right answer. Yeah. And, and that is it right there too. I don't, just as you said before, perfectly, Jen, I don't have the answer. Let's work together mm -hmm. to get us there instead of our minds tell us that, Oh, you can't talk to that person because they don't get me. Yeah. They don't understand me. They don't speak my language. And instead, accepting them and appreciating them for who they are and their skill sets and their qualities. And then working together. I love that. Working together uh, because everybody needs to do that. Um, and this is even in the home life, too. It's just not in business. Yes. You have to appreciate yeah. the qualities because my husband is a a driver and I'm the supporter. And so recognizing his qualities and thinking, okay, well, that's his language of how he's supporting me. Uh, it's not going to come off warm and fuzzy. Totally. It's going to totally. be, you know what, you know, we need to do it this way because of that. And yeah. then it's like, oh yes, that's true. I can, I can hear the words. I'm not yeah. I'm not looking at yeah. 
you know, why or how he should do it differently to suit my needs. I think that's really important. We all just want to be seen and heard. And then if you're on a team and they just let you speak your words and they see you, sometimes that's enough, you know, yeah, to kind of creating say, that okay, safety. It's yeah. a safety and knowing that you are supported. And know that you're worthy if they like your answer or not. That doesn't define you mm-hmm. of your worthiness. If you come on a team or you're with your spouse and you have an idea and he says, no, let's do it this way. And you do it that way. That doesn't make you less worthy. It doesn't make him more powerful than you. And he's got a leg up in the marriage. It just, it just means that, you know what, that's part of it is, is also saying, okay, let's try his way. Like letting your ego go down a little bit really can help. So many of us want our ego to win, win, win. And it's like, there's a a saying that I constantly say, which is what is the win for you and the win for me? Sometimes Mm. the win for me is just to be heard. And the win for you is we're going to do it your way. All right, fine, let's go. But you at least heard what I said. I suggested we go that route. (laughs) You suggested we go this route. We'll go your route. That's fine. And then on the other side, if I'm right, that's that's great. If I'm wrong, you know, it's just like, we just want to be heard and validated Mm. and seen so many times. That's enough. Exactly. And Mm. And that also brings more confidence when a person is being able to voice right yeah. uh, share yeah. their side uh, that is so important so that everyone has a safe space to speak and be heard and they feel valued that creates that cohesiveness and really helps develop that personal empowerment as well yeah for sure. And there are some environments where not everybody voices, everybody's voice can be heard. You know, I get that in the corporate setting because that's where I'm supporting a lot of my clients. And there's times where you just, but I think that's also comes back to your being of going, okay, I can see how I don't agree with that, but right now maybe isn't the place for me to voice. And I'm okay with that. I, I know what I know. Again, I'm self-aware. I'm not letting my energy take me down and say, well, I'm, I don't have as much, you know, to offer here. So I'm, I'm going to feel less like I'm a valued member of this team. Instead, it's like, you know what, they've got the problem solved. It's okay. I don't have to share my thoughts, right? I'm confident and comfortable with that. Hmm. Yeah. It takes some time though, to get to that space. Oh, it's a, it's a practice. It's like a muscle we're flexing, right? We have, and it's, and it will not just happen right away. But again, if you want change to happen, first step is awareness, right? So awareness says just noticing it. And so many of us are on the the hamster wheel and we're going and going and going and we're not even like picking our head up to go, oh, why am I feeling that? Or why are they thinking that? And if we can slow down enough to just become aware, mm-hmm. we can see it. And then ex- the next step is acceptance. Acceptance says, okay, I'm going to share it with you, Jen, as my coach. I'm going to share it with my spouse. I'm going to write it down and just share it with the world. I'm going to get it out of my head and onto something or verbally out of my body. However, I need to, that's awareness or acceptance. Sorry. And then the third step is the choice. So what do I want to do different next time? You know, I'm aware of it. I've accepted it. And now I have a choice. I'm either going to do the same thing or I'm going to do something different. And a lot of times 
we don't get to the third step because we're aware of it and we just keep going. And then it's like, then you talk to somebody like that just keeps happening. Or why does that keep showing up? Well, maybe again, the universe is trying to teach you something and it keeps bringing you aware to it. And if you allow your gut to go, yeah, I did. I did notice that that just keeps happening. That, that I keep feeling that. Okay. I'm aware of it. I'm going to tell somebody about it. I'm going to write it in my journal. I'm going to look into it and just see what I can learn about it. Now you're one step closer to change as well. Cause you're not letting it ruminate in our head. We exactly. ruminate all day long. <laughs> yeah. It is the worst thing for us. Yeah. Get a, I have a piece of paper next to my desk and it literally says mindful, mindless clutter. Like just, Oh my gosh, I got to go put the laundry. I can't forget at the end of this call, I got to go change my laundry. I got to remember, I got to go um, put the, put this on my website, but I'm thinking about it as I'm talking to you. And I've got this list. Cause it's like, it's distracting me. Mm-hmm. Quit forcing yourself to say you have to just deal with it all and just write it down. Like give yourself permission to like, oh my gosh, hold on. I got to write something down. Okay. Now I'm back. Like there's nothing wrong with that. There is nothing wrong with that. And so I frequently am telling my clients, just tear out a piece of paper, put it on your desk and just scribble on it all day long. Get mm-hmm. it out of your head, get it out. Because otherwise you're trying to bake everything in your head in one oven at the same temperature. And that's a disaster. Oh, I love that analogy. <laughs> yes. And just that clutter, um, you're talking about that. I do. I take notes when people are speaking mm-hmm. because then I'm not trying to hold on to that thought. And that way that eases my mind and I'm able to focus on the conversation or the task at hand. And I say less is more with anything. Mm-hmm. So the less mental frustration, the less mental clutter, uh, the more attention you have, you know, placing your attention on your intention of mm-hmm. what it is that you're doing or wanting in life. Yeah. I, for a long time, told myself I couldn't take notes. Like, cause everybody, everybody was memorizing stuff in their head. You know, especially my spouse, he can, he doesn't take notes. He's on calls all day and he just, he stores it all up in here. And I'm just like, I can't, I, that's why I I prefer to not do zoom calls with my clients. Cause I would be like this the whole time I take notes. It's how I process. It's how I go through things. It's how I hear. And for a long time, I judged myself about that because all these other people were doing it this way and they were more successful than me. And it's like, no, I'm a total visual processor. I'm a total note taker. And that is okay. Yes. Okay. That is great. I love that. And and giving permission, as you said, that's yeah. also part of, uh, per, you know, your personal empowerment is you're giving your per- permission to right. accept yeah. right, these parts of ourselves. Uh, that is... It is. This is is just who, this is, this is it. This is me. Why fight it? It's exhausting. Yeah. All that mental processing. Yeah. Well, Jen, it's just been a pleasure having you here as always. I so love seeing you and connecting with you and hearing all of how you are still, right? Developing your own personal empowerment because 
as you said, you're becoming certified in the Enneagrams. And I think that's amazing. That's a lovely, powerful tool to have um, and to share with others. So for those who are interested in learning more about you or reaching out to you, uh, how do they get a hold of you? There's many ways. Uh, I'm very active on LinkedIn, um, which is just, I am under Jennifer. It's like a lot of LinkedIn. Jennifer. That was created back in the Jennifer days, but my profile does say Jen, but it's like links, LinkedIn backslash Jennifer Slegel, or you can just, you know, search for my name. Um, I do have a website, which is just my name, Jennifer Sle- or Jen uh, You can email me, Jen at Jen Um, Any of those ways, you know, I, I am uh, on all social media. I'm not as overly active except for on LinkedIn, but I do post a lot of content on LinkedIn. Um, it's kind of where I say I play, if you will. So I would love yes. to connect and just um, answer any questions anybody might have. Great. And I think you offer, do you offer a free little consult too, to see if uh, people are a good fit with you? I do. If you go to my website, there is a button to click for a free career clarity consult. Um, I have people answer some questions to make sure I'm the best resource for them because I have lots of people I can refer to if I'm not. Um, Answer those questions and I will get back to you. It allows you to schedule right away. Um, I will review the answers, review the content that you share with me. And if I seem like it's a good fit for us to both hop on the call, we'll proceed. And if not, I will be responding to you with other alternatives and other options of other people that might be better fit for you. I'm a big believer that in coach in the coaching world, especially in the career space, having the right resource is critical. And if I'm not the right resource, I don't want you to invest in me. <laughs> I want I want to give you somebody else that might be because it's important to really have that good connection. Most definitely. Wonderful. Well, I'm so glad that we connected here today, Jen. Thank Thank you for for asking me. Yes, Yes, of course. Great. Great. Your energy is like contagious just to be with. So I I, I'll (laughs) spend any time with you. (laughs) Oh, that's wonderful. And for those of you who enjoyed this, uh, please subscribe to the channel and uh, leave a comment. Let Jen and I know what you enjoyed about this conversation today, or if you have any other questions and please feel free to reach out uh, because I'm here helping you work from the inside out on your personal empowerment. Until next time, my friends, be well. Hey, it's Radley Valentine. Join me for a brand new way of connecting with your angels on my new podcast, The Angel Tarot Show. Each week, you'll meet your angelic guides and guardians and find new ways to unlock unconditional love, tune into your intuitive abilities, and create the joy-filled life that, well, you've always wanted. Plus, you'll get a useful and timely energetic weather report bringing you guidance for the coming week. Tap into the healing, hope, and guidance that's all around you on the Angel Tarot Show, exclusively on mindbodyspirit.fm.